whole fleet of them. Look on the ASA. My gosh. They're all going against the wind. It was basically a cube with inside of sphere where the points of the cube uh, were touching outside of the sphere. So this isn't anything that just is limited to the United States. It's a worldwide phenomenon. Hi everyone, welcome back to That UFO Update number three. It's a breaking news podcast, not done one of these for a while, but of course I've had to invite on regular co-host Dan. How are you doing, Dan? I'm uh, I'm good. What, what a great day. Yeah, Christmas came early for, I think, most of what you would want to call the UFO community. You can't just say UFO Twitter because we get too caught up in UFO Twitter because not everyone's on the Twitter. So yeah, it's been a good day, I think, for those with an interest in national security i suppose if you've got an interest in the office of naval intelligence you've got had a bit in there um there has been a whole load but of course for us it's uap task force information there is new details on i mean let's let's just get into it okay so folks the debrief which of course launched on the 30th of november uh, made up of tim mcmillan mj benayas and mika hanks the two former Tim and MJ, both guests, back on the podcast when it first started. And for everyone's information, I'll be putting this on Twitter later on, but uh, Mika Hanks will be my guest this Friday. So please send over any questions or thoughts that you have for Mika, for himself, or on the debrief, or of course, or on today's article that's dropped as well. Um, but the debrief, uh, Dan, how, how would you describe what the debrief is to people to put you on the spot? Uh, the debrief, I would say, exists between mainstream media um, and the more edge kind of publications. Um, they're looking to publish things that, you know, might might not fit the mainstream dream it, but is nonetheless reputable, is interesting, and it scratches their uh, curiosity. Absolutely. And of course, if you're listening to this, you've got an interest in, in UFO, UAP. Uh, and they, they've quite explicitly said, though, before it launched and when it did launch, this is not just about UAPs. This is going to be for those with an interest in space, technology, national security, defence, and like you say, a whole host of fringe or edge topics potentially. But these guys don't delve into conspiracies. This is some serious hard-hitting journalism with some impeccable sources, I can imagine. Um, obviously, there's always the rumour rumor mill goes round as to who these sources are, but I, I would be happy to put, uh, put my house on what these guys go with. And yeah, so... In the build-up to the debrief launching, we kept hearing a rumour all month about the 2nd of December. So, of course, Tim McMillan, uh, who, great guy, has written some fantastic articles in the past uh, relating UAPs with the Pentagon and uh, Susan Goff, who he obviously has a bit of a running history with as well, and her spokespeople. Uh, he, he's basically mentioned this article was coming out and the, the rumour mill, like it or not, went a little bit wild. For me, and I said to you just before we recorded, Dan, this is the article that everyone expected in tone and quality that we got when the, the New York Times second article dropped. This is what people expected. This was this was big. What were your what were your immediate thoughts when you started reading through it? 
Um, I mean, this this blew me away right from the beginning. Um, I'd, I'd agree with you there on expectations. Um, th- this had much more new, striking, wowing information in it um, than the, the New York Times article, right? Yeah, I think you managed to get on the article potentially before I did because of the popularity. It was more like akin to queuing for gig tickets uh, that you were waiting to get on a website or a PlayStation 5, something like that. Yeah, it was that, easy to get my PS5. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you had an easier time getting your PS5. That uh, Yeah, I couldn't get on the website for like 25, 30 minutes. Um, how I actually got my eyes on some of the information first was Joe Mergia, very kindly, UFO Joe, again, former guest, and uh, he of the uh, New York Times article hype fame. Uh, Joe's a great guy. He's really good and very passionate. You can never say that about, uh, not say that about Joe. Um, he started tweeting highlights very quickly, which was my first look at what was in the article. Uh, very quickly, again, then managed to get into the site, onto the article, and the first thing that comes up on the screen is that the article's title, Fast Movers and Transmedium Vehicles, the Pentagon's UAP Task Force. Boom. Now, there, there's a headline. And then, of course, 17-minute read. So it's strap in. And uh, it, it takes longer than 17 minutes because, for me, there was so much that you go back and read again or things that were within there that you go, is, does it really say that? Is this actually what this says? So, yeah, again, like you say, it blew it out of the water for me. Um, Just want to go back quickly. I forgot to say that uh, MJ, Mika, and Tim are all appearing tomorrow night. So this has been recorded straight away on... Wednesday the 2nd of December I think tomorrow Ryan Sprague has the guys on Somewhere in the Skies podcast so please tune in and listen to to all three of them discussing the debrief that'll be a really good conversation and chat with with Ryan um, and he's looking for questions for that too so bang those over for, for all three guys and then obviously Mika will be on with myself on Friday but yeah so uh the, the article straight away, the headline is grabbing, talking about fast movers, transmedium vehicles, Pentagon, UAP task force. It's got all the keywords in there. And the article is a look into the Pentagon's investigation into UFOs. This is where we're at now. 2020, we're getting these official confirmations that we've had a few times this year. But this is a look into what's going on in the background officially. I mean, this is stuff that you see in TV shows now that we're getting in real life that we're finding out about. This is like the blue book stuff that you look and go, wow, wouldn't it be cool if that happened? This is like X-Files. We're finding out about the smoking man now and who those guys actually are. There are people having these conversations in the Senate and Capitol Hill in those rooms that we were always told probably don't exist. They do exist and they're having those chats now. And they're talking to journalists off the record but you know they're talking to journalists about it that's wild that's absolutely wild compared that to where we were three years ago right i yeah. mean how how can anyone say out there and t- think that you know ttsa didn't start an avalanche and listen and i'll even do something that's rare for me i won't even mention ttsa yet but it makes you think and go back <laughs> look at all the times and and the phenomenon all the clips it had of generals or admirals or anyone else of a, a military rank from the 70s, 80s, 90s, that whenever you see these famous clips, I, I don't know, you, you didn't maybe put the same stock into them, but you forget that these were guys who had really serious military careers putting their necks on the line that were wildly, widely laughed at or, you know, it was the rise of day that they were coming out and talking about potentially non-human technology, UFOs, aliens, whatever it wanted to be classed as. 
and maybe looking back now about a lot of those comments, it adds a lot more weight and credibility to these were the guys that were coming out and making these statements back before this was even, we can't say popular, but allowed or, you know, it was just laughed at. These, these people ended their careers pretty much by coming out and saying what they said. So it's a bit of vindication potentially for people like that who who did sort of lay the groundwork back in decades gone by. Yeah, for sure. And and it's interesting to think that we didn't have the same access to information we have now, right? Like it's a lot more immediate. You know, I can I can know who's in charge of the Pentagon within two hours of the guy getting the job, find out all about him. And then when he makes a statement, it comes with a gravitas that it actually has, as opposed to just viewing a TV clip 20 years after the fact that you may or may not have caught, depending on if you had a TV or you were watching the television at the time, you know? And even more so now, you could potentially get a response directly from that person, yeah. you know, that person, that celebrity, that general, that admiral, whoever it is, because of social media. It's just the, the information we've got access to now is just so incredible. And you've got people like Tim McMillan who exploit that to its its fullest because they are getting some incredible content into the debrief and the initial articles. I would always recommend checking out everything else that's on there. The guys will talk about that on Ryan's show. I'll talk about the other stuff on Mika's, but this is just a quick update to obviously look at the article and some of the highlights. So for me, first thing that really that jumps out within the body of the article is a quote of the, the line, intelligences of unknown origin are actually being discussed now in reports in the Pentagon. We have the military officials in the know that may or may not want to have had these conversations, that may or may not have had an interest historically, are sitting with memos on their desk or on emails or however they're getting them that actually have lines such as intelligences of unknown origin. That's, that's again, mind-blowing. They're not saying aliens, and I totally get why, because they might not be, and we discussed that on the roundtable as well. But this is a sort of language that people at the highest level are now getting accustomed to. They're not just, we are not just using their language of UAP, they're starting to use our language and starting to think of how we maybe understand this subject now. We've definitely moved on past little green men coming from Mars. Definitely, yeah. Um, again, very quickly, the one of the lines early on is about clear photographic evidence. Now, it'd be remiss of me to not mention, there was a little bit of a funny last week as people were hyping up the, the photograph that was rumoured. Uh, even Tim mentioned the photograph himself, I believe, yesterday in one of his tweets that I don't know where this rumours came from. There's going to be a photograph, but it is talked about and mentioned. The only thing we don't get is a picture of it, and we'll come back to it. But obviously, Bob McGuire appeared on, um, is it Grant and Nicole's uh, show? Yeah, that's right. They did a show discussing uh, rumours in the community. Yeah, yeah so rumours and gossip. And listen, folks... It, at the end of the day, if, you, if you're involved in this, some people are in this for entertainment purposes, which we, we try and be entertaining and informative and discuss the topic seriously. But on a show like Rumours and Gossip, people felt Bob McGuire shouldn't have discussed what he did. For me, if he had the access to what he said he did, and you know, I'm not saying that other people haven't heard about this photo potentially before this all dropped, but there was a potential, given what happened with the second New York Times article, that it could have derailed something. And I got, inv- I commented as well. And it's you know, I'm not an, th- I'm not the authority on this subject. No one really is an authority on this subject as such. So people were entitled to their opinion. But at the end of the day, it's not harmed anything. The article still came out, as far as we know. 
exactly as it should have, which which is great to see that nothing was stripped back and maybe the benefit of someone like Tim being independent with uh, Mika and MJ is they have that carte blanche to publish what they want and they don't necessarily have an editor in charge stripping everything out. Uh, they have said themselves they approached the the Pentagon for comment and as we find out several times they, they declined to comment basically on this and the, they had the option or chance to come in and and peruse things so as far as we know they didn't um but yeah so what, what... Yeah, it makes you wonder if they don't mind the news being out there yeah th- there's always the argument or the i suppose the assumption that they they don't care but they clearly do now when you see what's in this article that again people go and read this article i'll put the link again for it within the the link of this show but they they will have seen this they will have known this is coming someone will have and maybe we are just at the point now of it's time this stuff started coming out. Um, just to yeah. j- just to move on from that, which will I suppose help in that that conversation. You have um, Admiral Burke uh, sent an email to a General Wilson. Again, their full names and ranks and offices are within the the body of the article. Um, but Admiral Burke attended a briefing on UAPs, and he sent an email to General Wilson recommending that he also take the briefing, given what he has seen and heard. So again, and this these was are... Air Force to Navy. Yes, yes, good, very good shout. Yeah, right. And and we we've all been aware of how tight lipped the the Air Force have been on the issue, and the Navy kind of have taken the lead. Um, and we we've heard some people say that they're very very annoyed that this is still being you know covered over. Um, but the article, some of what the article alludes to, with these craft coming out of the water makes the navy taking the lead make a little more sense right more and more absolutely that at first it may have seemed these guys in the navy had their nimitz princeton incident and they were confused as to what it was but maybe as has come out this has happened a lot more frequently and still happens frequently and the navy are just the ones that really put their foot down and went look no we want this investigated we want something done about it they came out and were were more open than anyone else like any movie or documentary or tv series you watch up until very recently it's always the air force isn't it it's always on air bases and these guys walking about coming off of planes and helicopters and leaving and yeah so in a way we might have the navy taking a thank for a lot of what what's coming out but leah again those departments working together a little bit more now so hopefully we're starting to see that cohesion and no doubt there's a hell of a lot of politics involved in the backgrounds of those departments and what they potentially want out of this. But regardless, it's it's spreading. Um, and some of the language used later on within the article is that the reports themselves have gone viral within the intelligence communities, which is great to think that it literally is spreading. For people does, like us... Does that mean that... There are, I mean, how many people are in the intelligence community? The same thousands, right? So more than fa- more than five, yeah. So at least more than five people yeah. <laughs> on Earth have currently seen a detailed picture of a triangular craft that isn't ours coming out of the ocean. Like we we've almost have this little pocket of disclosure has happened for a bunch of people. And you know what? Not necessarily the people we would want to see at first, but these are the people that potentially needed the most convincing. And yeah. of let, let's just take a number. Let's say of a thousand, I I would say less than half even had a passing interest in the subject beforehand, given what they dealt with and what they knew, or even cared. But if only 
10% or 5% of those thousand now have more of an interest or an intrigue, that should light a fire, that should spread. And it seems that that, that is what's happening as to why we're managing to get to this point now. Um, these are the people that, again, rightly or wrongly, and the threat narrative plays a huge part in this, that TTSA brought up and Chris Mellon, Louise Elizondo, that people have great issue with for, for the most part. Some do, some don't. You can see why, though, that they've gone that direction and why these are the people that, in a military background, deal with defence, deal with threats, deal with attack, deal with war. And this has got their attention. So whatever you think and however you wanted this to happen, this is the way it looks like disclosure as a process is going. Uh, and I, I had, the I think, Carl, who regularly contributes questions to the show as well, um, disagreed with me on the point that I, I said this was part of disclosure. And he said he didn't feel it dis you know disclosed anything, I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But again, I came back on, there was new information in this article. This is big. This is part of the process now. We have this has moved things forward. However, you want to measure that it's moved things forward, so it's part of the disclosure process. And Carol came back and and said, you know what? Yeah, I agree with that. So for me, this article was big, and I think it just I can't see it being too much longer before this follows on to something else. And I don't mean six months. I could see it being far, far sooner than that. Um, well, there was a little hint in there with uh with Biden's team being approached. Um, yes. I'm very glad they did this after. Uh, after Obama commented yesterday. Um, and when when they were pressed for comment, they referred to the fact that Biden will be returning to daily press briefings when he takes office, uh, which is really interesting, right? Does that mean that he's going to start talking about UAP in his daily press briefings um, or that he'll take questions on it and happily, you know, respectfully and professionally address the national security implications of what's going on? So I, I wouldn't hold my breath on that just yet. I think Biden leaving politics as much as possible off the podcast, as I like to, is a step back to a more traditional politician. I imagine his responses on anything to do with UAP are going to be not dismissive, but pretty generic. And, you know, it's it's not something that will be up for discussion yet. Not public facing anyway. But I, th I think in the background, it definitely sounds like something that's going to be on the table several times a week. Because of, as we're finding out, this UAP task force for a lot of people is something that in the background, it's been coming. And I think a, a lot of people, and even me in, in my way, in my mind was, we should hear something by March. But within the body of this article, you find out there's been several classified reports already. Yeah, over over well two two over two years. Yeah, right? two years. Yeah, um, two over two years. So it, while they were telling us they weren't investigating UFOs, again they had an internal team dedicated and producing these reports with these to, to astounding talk about photos attached yeah. that were going viral in the intelligence community. Yeah, it makes you feel like a bit of a mug, right? Like, I totally get why people get so angry at the spokespeople when it comes to stuff like this. I know they're just doing their job, but we're not children, you know? Yeah, and especially when you've already had the big announcement of, actually, we did investigate UFOs, but yeah. that stopped in 2012. And then the guy who ran that comes out and says, no, no, it did, didn't stop. It's, it's still going. And they come out and say, no, no, it did. You know, it's and they tried to discredit Lou Elizondo. What, to which point you now come out and find that, oh, so you've been doing briefings on it. And 
Dr. Hal Putov has confirmed that he was invited on several occasions and on more than one occasion attended and delivered part or some of these briefings, which is a huge name in, in and of itself. And we know who Hal Putov is associated with. Um, yeah. One of the briefings, uh, October 2019, uh, was at the Pentagon for Senate Armed Service Committee staffers. Um, and they were told about OSAP and ATIP. Uh, again, I'm sure many of those with so many departments, it was the first time they maybe heard about it. And I can only imagine what they were being told. Only two days after that, the same briefings were then held on Capitol Hill as well. So this isn't a one and done. These have happened again and again and again. So that that for me was really interesting. I mean, you've got people like Hal Putoff standing in front of people that matter, or maybe I, I can imagine not always people that matter, but they are people who have the ear of someone who does matter. And they would then be reporting back on, I mean, what's what's the least they could say? I've just been in a two-hour briefing with uh, some really serious doctor about UFOs. That, that's we've seen some back. reactions of people coming out of those briefings, right? Mark Warner, if I if I remember him rightly. Uh, yeah, great, great little sound and, bite. Yep, I love that. You know, just the, that look on his face. <laughs> that was a man who had heard or seen something he was not expecting and yep. wanted to know more. So, so yeah, it would really not surprise me to hear that he started the meeting, you know, kind of blase about aliens and yeah. finished it with that look on his face. Yeah. To me, that's the kind of guy who, after that meeting, is the type like that admiral who is emailing his friends, going, You should be in one of these. You need to hear what I've just heard. Yeah. And it yeah, goes totally down the agree. chain of command. Um, so, again, talking about those reports, so we find out there's been two, uh, at least two classified reports issued one described as and i quote shocking so you could let rumor and speculation run rife at that point i suppose we'll just let that take its natural course off the podcast um however one report did have or contain the photograph now some people had heard before this article uh, as as we found out there was a photograph taken by an f-18 fighter pilot surprisingly to, to some, including me, on his own mobile phone. I'm saying his um, on their mobile phone um, at an altitude, which apparently is an extremely clear black triangle, which has come out the water and ascending into into the sky. This has got people very excited from what I hear, and it's being passed around in the intelligence community. I'm pretty certain this is the report that's described as going viral because in any of those reports, whether you have an interest or not, I imagine any number of, you know, of a 50,000 word report, as much as me or you would, and actually more you, Dan, than me, regardless of my interest in the topic, you would you would dig through something like that. Or, you know, Adam or Dave from uh, UAP Media as well would be really involved or interested in that. However, regardless of your interest in UFOs, UAPs, aliens, whatever you want to call it, if you hear within this report there's a picture and the picture is taken by one of our top pilots of a black triangle flying in the sky. It's really clear. You should look at it. You're going to look at it, aren't you? Regardless what you think, regardless of your religious beliefs that maybe hold you back from having a forward-thinking attitude towards this subject, uh, you're going to have had a look at that. And again, that's going to hopefully change change some minds and attitudes. What's your thoughts then of this report finally coming out and confirming that that photo does exist? Um, I, I just want, I want to see it. Um, and I want to see the evidence that they have that they say is better than any photos that they have, right? Um, or the signals intelligence. 
Um, that the photo though, whenever I bring up the subject with friends, they always, you know, go show me then, show me then. And the only thing I ever have to show them is, you know, I can talk their ear off about the backstory of the mm -hmm. video that I'm showing them and explain what they forever experienced till I'm blue in the face. But it is still a grainy video, you know? Um, and, and if I could say to them, Hey, I've got a picture of one of these things and it's detailed and it was taken, it, I, I think it would blow their minds. That, that's what's really surprised me with this. When I first heard about it, that it was a photograph because we seem to have evolved and developed to here we were as, as a group or a community and me and you were to be text and talked about it and, and whatnot on our calls off and on, on off and on air that, these videos existed, but we keep hearing about HD versions of the videos, higher quality versions, longer versions of these videos. And it almost seems a step back that the best piece of evidence potentially that exists within the intelligence community isn't a 4K video of a Tic Tac. It's actually a photograph on a camera, a cell phone, a mobile phone, taken by a pilot of a black triangle. It sounds like something that you're more akin to the 90s. Do you know what, though? I, I love that that's what it is, because the response you get when you talk to some people is, well, cell phones are everywhere these days. If they were around, why hasn't anyone taken a picture? Bam, there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> an F-18 pilot out in, out in maneuvers yeah. that's managed to get one. I, I, I'd love to just nod, smile and say, OK, then, and show them. Yeah, and again, it's it's it seems to me the chain of command that must come with this photograph and the fact it's included in these briefings that there's no doubting that these people aren't looking at it. They're not, insert skeptic's name here, going to be saying, oh yeah, but that's faked or that's CGI or they know this photo was taken on a phone. And from what we keep hearing, it's a very clear or the clearest photo of an unidentified aircraft like that ever taken. And like as I was saying to you just before we recorded, it must be so clear that it's not a chip on the windscreen. It's not just a small black triangle in the distance. This is a detailed photograph, which really excites you. And obviously there's artist impressions online already. Um, I think Dave Beatty has been involved in those and it gives you a rough idea. I think, Dan, you said it describes the, the lights on the corners of the triangle. Yeah, that's right. Um, Dave, Dave Beatty was actually uh, really interesting. He shared an interesting tidbit. Um, the triangle he didn't actually make for Tim's article. Uh, he was investigating another case, um, and Tim saw it and basically said, "That's dead on. Use it." I w I was messaging David Marler, who appeared in Unidentified season two, with that incredible yeah library slash museum dedicated to black mm -hmm. triangles and uh, he's doing a little bit of digging into this as well so i think if anyone's going to get some information david seems to be the type of chap who's going to pull that up so um, that'd be amazing I, I did spend about two hours on reddit today just trying to type in permutations of triangular craft to just see if anything has been posted there in the last you know few months that may be this this photo because i'm surprised if, if it did go viral you know, we, we haven't it's seen not leaked it yet. on any of the usual channels. It hasn't yeah. leaked. It Maybe it has, seem... but we just haven't found it. I don't yeah, know. that's it. For for me, it doesn't seem to have leaked online from... It, it would have been out there by now, pretty much. So, so yeah. Well, so maybe that's... it was that clear that people were like, oh, God, I better not share this. 
and yeah, there's that thing of, and it's whether it's a photo or a video or whatever, that when you're looking at evidence, and we talk about this, that something can look too real and you can tell, oh, that, that could be real, but I'm not sure. Maybe this is just one of those, it hits you so hard in the face that no, yeah. there you go, unequivocally, this is an, an unidentified craft of, and I quote, non-human origin. Uh, and speaking of origins, just before we, we kind of start to wrap up a little bit and get to some listener thoughts, um, the there was the correlation that the, the craft itself was coming out the ocean. That's when it was first noticed, or, or as far as we know from the article, um, that again, within these reports, more and more, and as we discussed again on the roundtable and has become a more popular theory, that these objects are residing potentially within the oceans and the planet. It's, it's interesting because we brought that up on the uh, roundtable yeah. recently. We spoke a little about that. Um, I was speaking to uh, John, the under gaucho, earlier today, and we, we both kind of just dived down this thought path that kind of just followed this. Um, and we, we were talking about if, a, you know, humans, not all of them evolved to come onto land. Some of them could be under the ocean. They could have developed technology that, you know, per the nature of the beast, they need pressure vessels because that's where they are. They're down there. And then if you make a pressure vessel that can handle those depths, it can handle air and space, no problem. Absolutely. Makes me wonder if they're full of water. Oh, potentially. I like that. But even just, all, yeah. all those pressure suits that we hear they were wearing in aerial and stuff like that. Potentially, yeah. I was even thinking earlier today about the when I was kind of first read the article and thinking of what I was going to discuss here on on the show. Um, that when you talk about transmedium travel, the reason that maybe so many of these things we we traditionally think come from space is the idea that they don't want to be seen on the land. So the best thing would be that if you wanted to get from A to B on the planet, that you would take up off from the ocean, shoot into space fly along in space because there's less resistance and then come back down at the point you want to to land or arrive and maybe that's why they're being now seen to be going in and out the water so much and as we found out the nimitz princeton um you know incident that they were coming in from an altitude so are they coming back from somewhere else on the planet are they coming from is it they have to be in space to arrive into this reality dimension, whatever you want to call it? Are they coming from whatever? Do they just pop into existence at that point? And is it easier to do it within water or in space? Or There's an idea that, um, I forget where I read it now, but basically the energy expenditure to, for a warp drive, um, you know, a air drive, um, is so big that if we did it, it would just need a massive area of clear space for us to do without endangering anybody. Um, so it makes me wonder, like you just said, I wonder if there's a kind of atmospheric mode and shape to these craft and then changes shape and it's in space and does other things. And, you know, as Lou said, you'd have and... to, you have to look at the data and some people yeah. have the data, some people don't. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. One more thing I wanted to bring up to get your thoughts on was it mentioned there was a list of prosaic explanations for these craft, which you would assume would be they are our tech that we're not being told about. Um, by ours, I mean Russian, or sorry, US, because that's where the reports are generated, or they are Russian or Chinese or another adversary has has managed to uncover this sort of technology. Um, 
However, as we know from like your, your Chris Melons and whatnot, they're very much, these are not ours as in human. And on these reports, it does state that they can't disclude that these are potentially alien, and it does say alien, or non-human technology, whatever that might mean in any sense of the word, which I think is really exciting that these sorts of reports are definitely 100% being passed about US government, different departments, the Navy, Department of Defence, I don't care where. That's, for me, is just proof that disclosure is happening at some level, and if people just have a little bit of patience, keep reading these articles, supporting groups like The Debrief, listen to podcasts like mine, Ryan Spraggs, you know, Alejandro Rojas, support YouTube channels, uh, Project Unity, Undead Gaucho, doesn't matter whether you agree with everyone, or you like everything they talk about or say or the guests that are on, but you're going to hear different opinions and different bits of information that might all add up in part to the whole of something else, which yeah, for me absolutely. is interesting. It's, it's important to, to go to different sources as well. Um, you know, Tim Tim's article is great, but it is one article on one reporter. I know everyone chipped into it, but, um, you know, it was later confirmed in the day by Tom Rogan over at the Washington Examiner. Um, and he had some interesting takes on it that, you know, weren't necessarily in Tim's article. So like you say, they're, they're all like little puzzle pieces that you can go out there and find all these little tidbits and slot them together. Um, something that came out today uh, or came out of today's news um, was something that uh, Andreas found, um, AFS, unidentified uh, on Twitter about the Five Eyes intelligence sharing program and the fact that even though the UK denied to me, uh, in writing, um, that they had any access or uh, to, to data on this. Um, Tim's article gives us the nice puzzle piece that shows that, yes, in fact, they did. And uh, I have them lying in writing. So I'm looking forward to getting back to them. Yes, that, that was a really good spot from, from Andreas Freeman's style on the old Twitter. Uh, so, yeah, very good bit of work by him. And obviously, plays right into what we have been looking to do. And UAP Media will be launching at some point. Um, probably really good timing with the, the debrief coming along and starting the new year with a bit of a bang. Um, yeah, so the British government, which we constantly are disappointed, either doesn't say anything or seems to know nothing or have no involvement with this, probably knows a little bit more at least or has more insight than they seem to let on or talk about. So, you know, well done the British government and UK government or a group within it for being so secretive and managing to keep it so quiet and so blasé, but a little bit of a bone now and again with the FOIA requests or, you know, letters that get sent in from various sources would be would be nice, but maybe that's something that would change in the next 12 months, depending what happens over stateside. Hopefully. And and we're not the only other country in the Five Eyes thing. We've got uh, Canada, Australia, and New Zealand too. So watch those countries. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay, so folks, just to finish off... Um, listener thoughts so uh look he uh put on that it was a great article some really good insight um he wondered uh was this a precursor to the pending james fox news or if that news will totally blow this out the water he says excuse the pun dan we talked about this before you don't think so do you i don't think so i think uh, james was alluding to something separate there are a number of balls in play um i think they could be no, I'm not going to speculate. There are a number of balls in play, and this was one of them, not all of them. 
yeah, I, I would go along with that as well. Look, I don't think this is what James Fox was getting at at all. Um, unless James wants to come out and comment on that. I, I don't think so. Um, I'm going to badly pronounce this, but uh, Sequoia Campbell said, it made me think how cool it would be to have a company like Skyhub also develop a submersible version hooking up with people like James Cameron and UAP Expeditions and go explore the depths for all citizens and see if something like the abyss is happening. I like that it's idea. It's a good shout, actually. Um, there, there was something not too long ago, I can't remember what project it was for, but someone applied uh, an AI uh, algorithm to uh, underwater footage, basically. And it, this underwater footage that was almost completely murky and you couldn't really make anything out in it. Um, it completely cleaned up. The AI basically took all of the water warp in certain aspects of the image just out of the image entirely. And they were able to see things kind of as we would see them if there was no water there. Um, so yeah, the tech's getting that stuff like that. Great yeah, idea. Yeah, I, I love it. At the end of the day, unfortunately, it's easier to film a piece of the sky than it is a huge chunk of the ocean, regardless it of the, the tech that that we know of. Uh, but hopefully... And it, and it we- might- turn out we have the exact sensors down there that we need you know we we have certain sonar tracks um yeah so we we might have everything we need down there we do, we just don't I haven't been told about it harry reed himself has has been quoted in the phenomenon saying the most of the information most of the evidence hasn't seen the light of day so maybe it's all sitting in an archive somewhere on on someone's laptop or a hard drive you never know um Definitely. On on that note, Mike Tipping, uh, I want to see the photo, but I'm biased. When do you think it will surface? Dan? I'm I'm honestly hoping that the situation now is similar to what we saw with the three videos, where they kind of leaked out before the Pentagon went. You know what? We need to get ahead of this, and they put them out, and they kind of downplayed it a bit. So I'm hoping there's a bit of putting out and downplaying in our future. What we need is Chris Mellon to put on his best uh, Smithers trench coat and meet Tim McMillan in a murky underground car park and <laughs> just hand over. I, I, do you know what? I have no idea why, but in my head, this photo is on like a Polaroid type instant film. I, You know what? I'm totally there with you, though. I've assumed that that's what it kind of looks like. I have no reasoning or rationale for that whatsoever. I imagine it's more than likely actually thinking about it on some blown-up A4 you, glossy you, you think the pilot was flying along, saw it, and just jumped into Instagram and chose, chose the best filter and took yeah. his time to kind of really get that? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it, and it was one of those really like modern like um, prototype phones that printed off the photo for him. And he was like, that's a good one. Yep, shaking it. Um, Nathan said it was a needle-moving, excellent article. Totally agree with that. Uh, Tim McMillan's best work for me so far. Um, and I, I don't want to discredit or put down anything MG or Mika may have done to be involved in this. I don't know if they were at all. And that's something we'll find out. But it's, it's Tim's name that's on the article. So I think at the minute, Tim's getting the kudos. But those guys all together put the group um, together. So... Again, spot on. Um, Craig has put his thoughts. He thinks it's a confirmation uh, from Elizondo uh, or from the recent Carter interview. Um, Hal put off talking about pilot pictures, fast movers. So again, for him, it's just the right names, the right place, the right people all talking about it. Um, I like you know since since he said his name, I'll, I'll I was meant to say it earlier, but I almost shed a tear when I saw the paragraph about Elizondo again. I'm I'm so fed up with them dragging his name through the mud, and he's being consistent and honest and open, which is more than I can say for 
I mean, think of all the grifters in the community, you know, the people that charge five grand for these YouTube uh, live events where they, you know, bang a Tibetan singing bowl and chant. And even even like a Bob, even like a Bob Lazar, I get why a Bob Lazar story has so many potential failings or gaps, but there's also a lot that does make sense. So I can see why a story like that can be so divisive. Not not Lou Elizondo's. It's it's beyond. Other than he has totally lied, and the rest of the intelligence community and these various organisations have went along with it for whatever reason that would only benefit Lou to make a small amount of money from Two Stars Academy, less than he used to make anyway. None of that it's makes any really, sense. It's a really tough theory to keep up at this point, isn't it? It's it's yeah. a comedy of conspiracy <laughs> yeah and, and and a topic filled with that it's like come on um silly type specific had a really good uh point disclosure has occurred within the intelligence community and this is similar to what i think you were saying before dan Ooh, literally yeah. thousands of people have seen the first clear image of a triangular shape ufo this will have significant consequences and that, <laughs> that is what that is what we talked about at length so right, yeah, really um, good yeah. point um the weather balloon uh he had four points i love the first question though are, are the f-18 pilots allowed to carry their personal mobile phones while on a mission i guess so <laughs> yeah um, i i wasn't aware of it before now but yeah i guess so yeah you just wouldn't think they would but then again it's like what what's someone going to say you know you shouldn't have been taking photos flying that craft um in the artist impression it seems to be the pilot i believe i'm right in saying there's two pilots in the cockpit it seems to be oh, the, you, the you've one got the in pilot the... and the wingman right yeah so potentially it's the one in the rear that's taking the picture who i, I yeah. don't know I, i'm guessing and, there and they wouldn't reason. have had their hand on the stick controlling the yeah the craft i and mean listen, that's an assumption i guess yeah but, exactly you know. myself and dan are not claiming to be expert you know fighter pilots i once tried a simulator on a pc when i was a kid and ditched in the ocean okay but uh yeah i I don't know what these guys can and can't do um it seems one of them however did have their phone but that would be the least of anyone's concerns or worries here um will the general public ever get to see those photos uh the cube or the triangle i think we have said yes haven't we that we would hope they would come out hopefully hopefully this kind of pressure um and interest is exactly what kind of jams that door open Dan, I'll put you on the spot because you did bring this up literally as we were about to hit record. Um, he would like to hear Lou Elizondo's assessment on Tim's article. I believe you read it just before we came on air. What was Lou saying? Um, oh, you're going to have to give me a second to find it. Oh, here just, we go. There uh, you got it. Lou, Lou uh, said, more excellent work from Tim Code, the debrief. Glad they're on our side of disclosure. Phew. Uh, then he said, please be patient lots of traffic to the site and maybe something else at play maybe preventing broad access intriguing to say the least to be continued yeah and bear in mind this launched at 7 a.m eastern time in the u.s which is 12 p.m in the uk so it was a much friendlier time for once for the uk to get access to anything that is over stateside um i say stateside i mean tim's based in germany um however even now at nine o'clock it is still not an instant access when you click on that link so there is still a lot of traffic going to and from that site. So that is crazy, isn't it? Yeah, and that that for me shows you potentially where we are at now with this. That uh, that this this is big. This this has got ramifications, which is great. And um, the last part, he just put one word and ultra terrestrial question mark. 
I mean, I ranted at length about that during the roundtable. I, I refer to that. Yeah. Um, you know, the other guys had some wonderful thoughts on it as well. So yeah, go go have a listen to that. Yes, uh, great plug. Yeah, so go and listen to roundtable number two if you haven't listened already uh, and you are listening to this. It's really, really good. And we touch on ultra uh, slash crypto terrestrials. Um Mark Monroe followed up on that tweet with, uh, he agrees on the phone pick from a fighter pilot. We aren't allowed to use mobiles in a car. Never mind a jet traveling at 500 miles an hour. I'm sure they know what they're doing. Uh, I, Andres... I would, just, just to that point, I would just say that, you know, it does seem that the person taking the photo was not flying the craft. So it's like someone in the passenger seat taking a photo. It's cool. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think they were good. And we'll forgive them anyway, because it looks like this one's a... Uh... This one's come up trumps for us. Uh, Mark did then say today's better than Christmas Day, major major inroads. And uh, Paul Reddington, just to finish it off on a lighter note, he cycled home that fast in excitement. He left a mystery, a mystery sonic boom somewhere. So yeah, very good, Paul. Um, again, folks, thank you very much uh, for leaving your thoughts on there as well. I'd just like to thank Dan for joining me last thing uh, late to record. Uh, thank you very much, mate. It's an absolute pleasure. It's it's an amazing day. Um, and thank you for you for having me and discussing it and to Tim, Micah and MJ for, for getting this brought out. Awesome. Um, and like Dan has just mentioned, uh, the three guys, the three gents from the debrief, they are all going to be on Ryan Sprague, Summer in the Skies. Please go and listen to that. And then we'd love if you could join me. I'll be speaking to Mika Hanks this Friday. Please send over any questions you have via email, ufouapam at gmail.com, on Twitter at ufouapam, or on the Facebook or Instagram feed. Send them over as well. Check out the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash that UFO podcast. You get your cue jumps for questions, early access, and ad-free shows. And if you haven't already, which so many of you have, which is incredible, please go back and listen to the roundtable number two that has Dan, uh, John, as you know him, Undead Gaucho, and Dave Partridge from Shadows of Your Mind magazine, where we do touch on a lot of the stuff that's came out within the article. That's not because we had prior knowledge, folks. That was just, I think, that maybe we're on the same thinking as... uh, you know, whatever's living in the ocean, potentially. <laughs> I'd, I'd emphasize <laughs> the the bit we spoke about uh, with Lou Elizondo and his Mankind's video. Yes. Um, think of that after you've read this article and you'll be on our wavelength, I think. Yeah, do you know what? I will I will ask Dan to do me a favour. Send me the link for the Lou Elizondo Mankind's interview on YouTube, Dan. Yeah, absolutely. And I, w- I will post it in the, the description to this show as well, okay? But folks, thank you very much for listening. Again, a little bit of a bonus show for you midweek here. It's nice to do these now and again, especially when the news um, lived up. I-, I want to say to the hype, but great work, Tim, and the other guys over at the debrief. Thanks for listening, folks. Keep looking up. Never know what you might see.
back and nearly kissed myself, and I climbed out the window after the elf, and I woke up in my bed, and there was something on my head, and everything was weird, and everything was red, and I called out to my boys, they thought this was noise, they thought it was a dream, they thought it was my toys, they thought it was my problems, and I think I should seek therapy, and I don't know what it is, because it doesn't really scare me. Consider your lies, consider your life, consider your eyes.